tackle them, we gotta out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out bluff them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt. Welcome in to Championship Week. This is R.J. Bell's Dream Preview, the college football edition. I am A.J. Hoffman. He is Scott Seidenberg, and we have made it to the postseason, Scott. It's finally here. I mean, 13, well, I guess really 14 weeks when you count week zero of totally meaningless football. (laughs) All for this moment. Uh, We... I don't know if we can say that because I don't know that really who wins the MAC championship matters. I don't know who, who wins the ACC championship really matters this year. But we are to that time of the season, and we have 11 games to break down for you today. A little different format than we normally go with. We're going to kick around each game. We're going to decide on the fly what we're going to go with as our best bet. Mm-hmm. We'll, have a, we'll have a favorite side and a favorite total for the for this pod uh between us um and we'll it'll be one that we agree on we hit we and we feel strongly about we haven't discussed this previously we nope. haven't discussed it prior we're going in blind we're going in blind so we'll pick a side we'll pick a total and that's what we'll roll with because we're not going to uh we're not going to go you know and, p- and pick out four games each that, and say that we love these because it's just no way no we'll, give you, game we'll card. give you a bet that we like or or a pass in every game because we're going to go through all of these championship games we'll pick out a play that we are leaning towards or we are betting for each game and then we'll come to a consensus for a best side a, a best total and we'll have a profitable podcast like we did last week that's the plan uh best bet last week troy minus 13 and a half a winner 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 um my plays went three and two uh started out oh and two because i had a friday game with north carolina that that was dead on arrival georgia losing the under uh under 49 was a real kick in the balls Mm. uh as georgia tech with the the trick play to put it in in garbage time. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess, you know what? If you had Georgia Tech to cover, that covered for you. If you had the over, that covered for you. As someone who had the under, it was a kick in the balls. The rest of my plays, relatively easy winners. Uh, and it, it, Troy was the uh, was maybe the easy. It was tough for a, for a quarter or so. And then they just kind of pulled away. Um, TCU was the easy winner for me last week. As uh, I've been on the Horn Frogs every yep. single week, they do not disappoint. Uh, Auburn wound up being a push. I guess if you did get twenty-two and a half, you got the win. But at yeah. twenty-two, it wound up being a push. Um, Vanderbilt was a complete whiff. Oh, uh, I did not ooh. expect that effort from Tennessee. So that was a complete miss. And the over in the Houston game, the Houston uh, game that I, I I took the over, that was so painful to watch. Because it was going over, AJ. I'm not sure if you saw what happened in this game, but basically um, a bad interception at the end of the game cost an opportunity for this game to go over. Well, I will say this. I gave out five plays last week. You gave out five plays. That was, excuse me, it was the Memphis game, the, the, the over that didn't hit. Maybe my the, the one that I got the most love for wasn't even my pick. 
it was just telling you corn covers. Corn covers, yeah. And saying, don't bet Iowa. Corn covers and corn covered. And everyone acted like I I didn't even play Nebraska. I had no money on Nebraska last weekend. Well, but I bet against them. I should have, but I had no zero doll hairs on Nebraska. And uh, corn did cover again. So ho- hopefully we'll uh, we'll find some agreement uh, oh, McKenzie says Auburn minus 22, the first push in our database for the season. So the first, of all the games we've picked this season, we've had one wow. push. That's it. Uh, Air Force minus one and a half was my other play. That was a, a nice winner as well. All right. Let's go. Let's jump into – before we get into the games this week, Let's this, the college football playoff uh, rankings came out today as we record this on a Tuesday night. And no surprises. It's very clean at the top, and I think this is a year that I'm thankful for because we right now have no drama. If the top four, not even at the top four, Georgia and Michigan, the top four are right now are all in with wins. That's obvious. But Georgia and Michigan are in with losses. And so it comes down to just three and four. If TCU wins, they're in. If USC wins, they're in. If TCU loses, I got to I got to be honest with you. They might still be in. And USC if they lose, well they'll probably be out. Yeah. Ohio I think State t- if I think if TCU loses they're out too. Ohio State is sitting at number 5. Alabama is at number 6. And what's interesting is that there were some contradictory statements made on the broadcast versus and I'm talking about the ESPN broadcast versus the press conference afterwards. So the college football playoff uh, chairman this year is um, Boo Corrigan, right? And Boo Corrigan said after the TV broadcast that actually what he said to Reese Davis on ESPN was not accurate, and he apologized for the confusion. He said Ohio State and Alabama are not necessarily locked into their spots. This makes me happy. This is what I agree with. Right now, Ohio State's at five and Alabama's at number six, but that doesn't mean that Alabama can't leapfrog Ohio State and get into the playoff ahead of the Buckeyes. It would matter what happens here in these championship games because I'll tell you what right now, AJ, if Michigan struggles with Purdue, it makes Ohio State look worse. Yeah. If Georgia struggles with LSU, it makes Alabama look better because Alabama's loss it was yeah. LSU, you know, with the last second field goal there or the the, the two-point conversion. One of their losses. One of their losses, yes. <laughs> so I think it does matter what happens in these championship games that is going to sway how the committee looks at these teams because they're it's not this the computer's not the end all be all. But strength of schedule, strength of victory does matter. And all those computer rankings will change based on the outcomes of these championship games, most notably the Georgia-LSU game and the Michigan-Purdue game. It's, it's funny to think about it this way because this may be one of the – if you had said the committee would be hoping that Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson would be on the outside looking in at the end of this thing, I would have said you're crazy – but right now, for the committee, it may be the best possible scenario if they go clean on Saturday. Yes. If the if the or four teams that are supposed to win win. Yep. 
because if one of them loses, there's going to be controversy. Uh-huh. There's going to be pushback. Right now, the four teams at the top are clean. If there's no debate over the four teams, no, no debate, and, and now you all can, four you are can fav- debate. all four are favored in their games, and you can debate in a way that says, are these the are these the four best teams? I can guarantee you these aren't the four best teams. Are they the four? Are these the four? Teams based on you know what they've done this season with the schedule that they've got, yeah, they, these are the four, and there's I don't think there's much question about it, especially given the fact that USC is going to be playing for a Pac-12 championship this weekend. The other three teams are undefeated. None of the other aforementioned teams are playing in their conference championship, and you know it, it feels like it could go really smoothly. If one of these teams loses, particularly if TCU or, or USC lose, and both are, you know, field goal or less favorites, mm-hmm. all hell breaks loose. Because now there's decisions to be made. There's yeah, it's, it's, it's do you take a 12 and 1 TCU team that loses to a Kansas State team that they beat already? Mm-hmm. And what if they lose by a last second field goal? Okay, does that team deserve to get in over Ohio State no. that got blown out by Michigan? The, the simple answer is yeah. no. Does if USC loses by the same way they lost the last time to Utah, which is a two point conversion on the final possession of the game? Well, that there it's two losses for them, so they're eliminated. But it's no to matter. the same team, so it's really like one loss. Sorry, no, it's, it's two losses. <laughs> but it is funny. Everybody wants to play in their conference championship game. Uh, the, the teams that wish they weren't playing in a conference championship game this weekend, TCU's got to be at the top of the list. Yeah. Because all it can do is hurt them. Yes. For for Michigan, oh, whatever, we'll play it. If we win, awesome. If we if lose, lose, no big deal. seeding purposes. But right TCU, now, Michigan needs to win to avoid playing Georgia. Because if Michigan loses, they'll drop down to number four. If you are unbeaten and you don't play in the Big Ten or the SEC, that 13th game can make or break you. Mm-hmm. You can be 12-0, and 0, and if you lose that game, there's no guarantees. Because unless you play in the Big Ten or the SEC, chances are good your schedule wasn't good enough to warrant you taking a loss. Yep. So I, I do think that's interesting. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm, I'm excited for this weekend. I'm excited to see how it plays out. In a way, I'm hoping for some chaos. But in another way, I'm, I've been a proponent of, do we really need to expand 12 teams? Do we need 12 teams? I still feel like we don't need 12 teams. It feels like overkill. But I, I, don't, I don't know what the perfect solution is. It also feels like if TCU loses, can't we just say, well, we've got two undefeated teams. Mm-hmm. Let them play for the yeah. championship. Sometimes you know? sometimes it works out that way. Uh, one group of five note, uh, because Tulane is number 18, UCF is number 22, the winner of that American Athletic Championship game will be the group of five champion, for lack of a nice. better term, and they will be headed to the Cotton Bowl. So congratulations. Well, we'll be talking about that game here in a moment. But let's jump into this week's games, and let's start with the one game that has no championship implications. It is Akron. It is Buffalo. It is two-win Akron against five-win Buffalo. So really, the only thing that matters here is does Buffalo play in a bowl game or not? Akron, 11.5-point dogs at Buffalo. The total, 55.5. 
You want to start this one, or you want me to go first here? You can go first because this is a meaningless game for both of these. Okay, teams. this is this is a non-championship game. That it's just uh, it, this is such a bizarre game. The play. the recent results point to Akron here. Motivation certainly points to Buffalo, but Akron's coming off their best game of the season. They smashed Northern Illinois by thirty-two points as a ten-point dog. Jeff Undercuffler, that's a real name. Started for uh, DJ Irons, the quarterback. He's injured. And under Cuffler was awesome. 312 yards, three touchdowns. Buffalo, not playing good coming into this thing. Lost three straight. Most of it's on their defense. Their defense just stinks. They got blown out by Ohio as favorites. They let Kent State come back from down 14 points in the fourth. Buffalo, 103rd in defensive efficiency. Akron, one of the better passing offenses Buffalo's seen all year. Obviously, Buffalo wants to make a bowl game or we wouldn't even be playing this game. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter. But that doesn't mean they're going to run and hide from the zips here. I, you know, gun to my head, I'd play Akron plus 11 and a half. I'd play over 55 and a half because these are two dreadful defenses. Akron really, I didn't mention. Akron's got a good offense. They're so bad on defense that it hasn't mattered this year. That's why they're two and nine. I can't play a road team going. I can't play a team going on the road in a game that they weren't they weren't supposed to have. You know, this is a game that got postponed from a couple of weeks ago. They're making it up on the same day that the conference is holding their championship game. Uh, or not the same day. It's the day before, I guess, right? Because the, yeah. the championship game is on Saturday. But still, uh, this is a game that I, I can't go – I can't back a road team with these kids who didn't expect this game to, you know – They knew it was going to be played. Yeah, I, I still think they're 2-9. and nine, The season's over. Okay. Uh, Conference USA Championship, the first of our championship games. Now, this is a true home field game for UTSA. Oh, yeah. North Texas at UTSA. UTSA minus eight and a half. The total, 67 and a half. These teams have seen each other once already, a 31-27 roadrunner win. How far is Denton from San Antonio? Probably about three and a half hours. Oh, so it's it's far. It's not not close. Okay, not close. They oh, didn't, actually, didn't like Dallas area. Four hours and forty three minutes. Okay, okay. I, I just wanted to know how the fans yeah, would travel and whatnot. Uh, I, I mean, this this I love this UCA, UTSA team. Uh, bet against them in week one against Houston, which was a mistake. <laughs> I was so impressed with the way that they played in that game. I've been impressed with Harris every single week. The way that he, it's not just his um, his passing ability. But he doesn't force the run, but he can utilize his legs as a weapon when needed. And I think that's what uh, – it's a really good mix. We see that from Patrick Mahomes a lot, right? No, I'm not comparing the two. I'm just saying a quarterback that is a very capable runner, but that's not like his go-to. And that's what I like about Frank Harris. That's what I like about this UTSA uh, offense. I think that they, that's going to be the difference here in this game. I'm going to be on the other side here. Uh, I, I like North Texas in this game, and I think these te- two teams are really evenly matched. Like, that 31-27 wasn't faulty. There were three touchdowns, three lead changes in the last three minutes of football in that game. Like These teams were back and forth. It was expected that thing was going to be much higher scoring. Uh, it, nine total points scored in the first half, and then it exploded in the second half. Uh, I think these teams are well-matched. And UTSA has a habit of blowing out the worst teams on their schedule and then being in dogfights with teams that have a pulse. Mm. And North North Texas was able to put pressure on Frank Harris in the first game that they played. UTEP put a lot of pressure on Frank Harris last week. I I think that they can make it kind of ugly. 
I, I think it, it's very similar to the first matchup. I think UTSA probably wins, but I think eight and a half points feels like a lot. So I'm going to go with North Texas plus eight and a half, and the over you, 67 and a half would be my leans on this game. Would you agree that Frank Harris is the best player on the field? Sure. Yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I think he makes a difference. Even though Austin Awney is like, what, Oh, he's been 30? incredible too, yeah. Isn't he like 30 yeah, he's years a grown-ass old? man. Yeah. <laughs> he might be Frank Harris's stepdad for all we know. All right, let's go to the Pac-12, the final Friday game, Pac-12 championship, Utah and USC. The Trojans, three-point favorites. All they got to do, they don't even have to cover to go to the playoff. All they got to do is win. 67 is the total. I'll give you the uh, the tee box here. So what you're saying is, in the Raiders' home stadium, just win, baby? Just win, baby. That's it. That's all they need to do. You see what I did there? I saw it. Al Davis? Yeah. So uh, I don't think you had to say that, but yeah, I, I, I think most people got it. Uh, this is a college audience. Okay. Though. You never know. <laughs> so... Uh, Former I, Raiders owner, Al Davis. <laughs> <laughs> the torch is pretty cool in that stadium. Uh, my first inclination was to look towards the total. In any USC game, I look towards the total, right? The offense is fantastic. You've talked about their lack of defense and why you don't like them going forward into the college football playoff is because of their lack of defense. Um, however, they've stepped up when it matters the most. Yeah, the game against Utah was a 43-42 shootout. But in that game... Cameron Rising had to score late and get a two-point conversion for the win. USC comes up with one defensive stop there. They win this game. There was also a touchdown at the end of the second, at the end of the first half. So if USC just defended the final minutes of each half, they win that game and they win that game easily. We're talking about 15 points they were outscored by in the final one minute of each half. I don't think that they make the same mistake twice. USC has got everything in front of them. A return to prominence. Lincoln Riley's got this team humming. The quarterback has won the Heisman Trophy. He's minus 3,000 to win the Heisman Trophy. Caleb Williams is the difference maker in this game. USC gets the win. But I don't know if they cover. But USC gets the win. Well, this is a gambling pod, so we'd like at least a lean on the on the uh, the side there. I don't know if they. I mean, you, you have a lean one way or the other. Yeah, USC. USC. You know, okay. Listen, if I say they win the game, it's a three point spread. Like, oh, listen, threes have it's a lot of points. Sometimes it was it was a lot of points in their first matchup. Uh, What's the money line? One fifty five. I would guess yes. it's something like that. Yeah. Okay. USC minus one fifty five. All right. I'll be against you again here. I like Utah plus three. I do like the over 67, but I've been saying this all season long. USC's defense is going to cost them at some point. It cost them against Utah. I can see it happening again here. Utah picked them apart in that first match. Cam Rising, 415 yards, two touchdowns. That was just through the air. Then he ran for 60 Mm -hmm. and and ran for three more touchdowns, and then he ran for a two-point conversion. He did whatever he wanted in this game. And Utah is one of the best pass defenses in the country. They're top 25 in coverage per PFF. They're 16th in EPA per pass play allowed. They're not going to make it easy on Caleb Williams. And this time, there is no Travis Dye to lead on. And that way, he was a key guy in that in the first game. My biggest concern for Utah is this game's away from home. And Utah been way better at home than they have been on the road. All of their losses have come away from home. Fast track, no weather, man. But you got to like USC in those conditions. But USC has been the most lucky team in the country with turnovers. 
plus 23. Every time there's a fumble, they land on it. Every time. At some point, I keep saying their turnover luck's got to catch up. Their defense has to catch up to them. Eventually, it has to happen, right? So this is the last chance for it. I'll say, I'll say Utah plus three over 67, the two ways I'd look in this game. I'll, I'll say this. I would have probably been on Utah if not for the the Oregon game because I saw a different Cam Rising in that game. He played bad. He got balls tipped at the line of scrimmage. He was indecisive on throws. And that right there was the biggest game of the season for them, right? They needed that win to put themselves, well, they got here anyway. But that was, at that point, the biggest game of the season. Now that the bright lights are on once again, I'm, I have concerns based on what I saw in that Oregon game. I have concerns based on 37 points allowed to Arizona, sure. 35 points allowed to Cal. Like, there's been just some reckless numbers posted by shitty teams against this USC defense. So let's take the over. The, the over is certainly the, the favored, favored play on this matchup. Let's go to the Big 12 championship. I got a feeling I know where you're going. <laughs> Kansas State. No. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. and Tell me why TCU is going to the, uh, the playoff. Because they are the best coach team in this game, and they might be one of the best coach teams in the country. This is a team that last week – Every, everyone's been picking against them every week. But what was the big storyline going into last week's game? The letdown, right? Oh, it's against an Iowa State team. Oh, it's letdown. No, not the case. They smoked Iowa State. I told you about that last second field goal, how, much, how impressed I was by the way they ran onto the field. Last time they played against Kansas State, pulled away, won that game by 10. They were... Out, they outscored them, what, they 21 nothing in the in the second half? Mm-hmm. 28 unanswered points in that game. 28 unanswered points in that game, yeah. Do we want to talk about them rallying? I was The second half is what impressed me the most. You know what that shows me? When a team dominates the second half like that? Coaching adjustments. I will back Sonny Dykes in this incredible season that he's having in this game to make an adjustment like he did at half to what he saw that first game from Kansas State, and I think they get the job here, get the job done. Well, I'll, again, I'll be on the other side. Um, well, it's fun that way. Yeah. Three for three. Yeah. Uh, it's it's First of all, it's getting hard for me to bet against TCU at this point because they do – here's what I know about them. Their defense is absolute garbage, but they they catch great calls every game. Here's the thing. Even if that does adjust – it doesn't matter because their offense has been so good. It hasn't mattered. Like, it really hasn't. Like, they haven't. They, they, they've been carried by this offense. I don't know why this game would be any different. However, that second half, because Kansas State did get out to a 28-10 lead, the second half, this is the, the, the way the drives finished for Kansas State in the second half. Missed field goal, interception, turnover on downs, missed field goal, interception. They handed this fucking game to TCU. Like, all you got to do is not be a dummy, mm-hmm. play smart fo- and make your field goals, and you win this game. And they got cute, and they let a team back in the game that shouldn't have been in the game, I, which kind of goes to your point, a coaching advantage yeah. for TCU, which I don't disagree with. I think, I think offensively they're better. Max Duggan's the best quarterback in this game. And what helps out is, you know, Will Howard, who – was the 
backup and then all of a sudden has emerged and has played mm-hmm. his way into getting uh, a much better thrower than Adrian Martinez. Sure, sure. But his first action sure. This, sure. <laughs> but his first action this season was in that TCU game. They saw him plenty. So there's a lot on film that they have on Will Howard as opposed to a, you know, coming in and, oh, we played Adrian Martinez in that last game. Now we have to worry about Will Howard. They have all the tape they need now. And that sure, sure is a SOVAM reference. If you want to listen to that, SOVAM, every Monday through Friday, on wherever you get your podcast, just search straight out of Vegas AM on your podcast player. All right. Will we ever agree on a game? I don't know. Let's find out. Do you have any, any feel for the total in the t- in I the like game? the under in this game. I, I, I think that it's going to be a, a little bit grimier than it was the first time. Uh, I think that they TCU doesn't feel the need to take as many risks mm-hmm. in this game uh, because they, I think they believe they're the better team, so they play close to the vest. That's the that's the way I would go. What, what are you on uh, over under? Whew. Uh, 62 is a lot. I'd probably go under. Also, with the spread being two and a half, you know, I might go just TCU money line, like I advised in the game where where it was TCU minus two against Baylor. Yeah, and, and, I, and I gave it out to clients. I said TCU money line as opposed to the minus two, and they uh they actually won by one. <laughs> the MAC championship Maction on Ford Field, Toledo. One and a half point favorites against Ohio. The total in this one, 55. Over. Yeah, over's the way to go here. I would have, you know what? A couple weeks ago, I would have been, I would have said I'm all over Ohio here because I don't like Toledo. I think they stink. But Curtis Rourke's injury changes everything mm. for Ohio. CJ Harris, good runner. There's n- there's not going to be a downfield attack for Ohio. That's what, what that's so been will their they, bread and butter will all they season. still score then? Oh, they'll still sort so, because yeah, because Toledo can't stop anybody. Yeah, well, that's why I'm on. That's why I like the over. Uh, but Rourke has covered up for this Ohio defense that, by most metrics, is the worst in the MAC. The Bobcats giving up six point three yards per play. It's bad. Four hundred forty yards per game. The problem I don't like Toledo either. I, they're coming off back to back losses, bad losses, and really, if you look at their schedule, their best win all season is Eastern Michigan. But I think this is all about quarterback and Daquan Finn is just on a different level right now than C.J. Harris. I actually hope I'm wrong because I like this Ohio team so much more than I like Toledo, but I think the Rockets just cruise here. So I, I would my, my plays would be Toledo minus one and a half and over 55. Uh, no feel on the sides, but uh, to me the over was the first way that I looked in this game. All Both right. of these teams average combined over 60 points. So. Yeah, they, they will get after it. Uh, let's go to the Sun Belt. Coastal. Troy. Troy minus eight and a half now. 48 and a half is the total. What do you see in this one, Scott? Is Grayson McCall playing? No. Then I don't like Coastal. <laughs> I think that's a, a pretty simple way to put it, and, but I don't disagree. But he's their whole program. I mean, if you saw them against James Madison last week, it was – I'm trying to think of a nice way to say what their offense looked like. It looked like um, – it looked like dog shit uh, is <laughs> the nicest way I can put it. Uh, they averaged 2.8 yards per carry. Could not throw the ball. I mean, this is a speed option team. I, I, I just can't back them without McCall under any circumstance. And Troy, they took. We, we mentioned that was our best bet last week. They took care of business. 
their defense has been arguably the most elite G5 defense in the country. So now we have a coastal team that's got no offensive identity running into a defense that's going to let nothing come easy. Yeah. Both both these teams are outside the top 100 in pace, by the way. I like Troy. I like the under. Troy. I like the under as well. Troy can't run up the score like James Madison did because their offense stinks sure. too. But they should hold down the shots. Both of these teams are two of the worst teams in the country in red zone efficiency. So even when, even if they move the ball down the field and they get into the red zone, there's not going to be touchdowns converted because uh, I think Troy is like 112th in the country, uh, Coastal 115th. They just don't convert red zone opportunities into scores. So that's another way that I would, you know, look at this and, and look towards the under as to how poor these teams do when they get the football into the red zone. Team total for Coastal Carolina is 20. It's so low. If, if it is low, but it feels doable. Like, I, I, like, if they could only score seven against James Madison, mm-hmm. now there's a real defense on the other side? Oof. This, this feels like a field goal fest as well. Like, it's going to be a lot of settling for field goals. All right. And it's a home game for Troy also. Yeah. All right, let's go to the SEC where, as you know, Scott, it just means more. Uh, this game played in Atlanta, Georgia. Neutral site, though. Don't worry. It'll yeah, we saw very, how that we saw how that worked in the uh, opening game against Oregon. Right? Very, very neutral. Very neutral. Last time Georgia lost a football game was the SEC championship last year against Alabama. They got a national title last year. They did not get an SEC championship. I expect them to be fully motivated. I, I think you're going to see the best of them. I, I think they want to win this conference title. I think they want to be the one seed, have their game in Georgia again. That's the that, see that's and, the thing with with the Peach Bowl being the semifinal. This is an opportunity for Georgia to not leave the state of Georgia since uh, what was the game against Georgia Tech was a couple weeks ago or last week I guess. Also played in Georgia though. Yeah, so it, it, I'm saying that, that's the last <laughs> yeah. time they haven't left since they played at Kentucky. Yeah, uh, but the week before that. So we're talking about now all the the travel advantages in the world. And by the way, we're also talking about. Three straight games. Um, oh no, two straight games in Atlanta because the Georgia Tech game was at, yeah. at home. I thought I was thinking the Georgia Tech game was on the road. But you win this game in SEC territory, obviously the SEC championship game where they already won earlier this year. They played the Chick Fil A kickoff game against Oregon, blew them out. Win this game against LSU. Play in the Peach Bowl in the semifinal in this same stadium. It, it, all the advantages in the world to win this game and finish the f- number one seed. And LSU, their playoff hopes were there a week ago. Yeah, Poof, gone. they're Absolutely gone. gone. Jaden Daniels was in a walking boot Monday. Yeah, bad. I don't know if LSU can move the ball against his Georgia defense to begin with, but if he isn't right, there's no way they have any offensive success. There should be real concern on offense. They've been bad on that side of the ball several times this year. They survived – some clunky offensive performances against Auburn and Arkansas against Tennessee and A&M. They could not survive it. I think LSU hangs around early. If you like LSU, I think the way to play is play them in the first half. I could see them hang kind of like Georgia tech hung around for a half. No, the way you play it is if you like LSU, you play the over in this game. Cause the only way LSU is hanging around, I agree is with if that they score. And the only reason LSU is not going to hang around is when they don't score, which means that you don't like the over. Georgia has only allowed 
18 touchdowns this season. That's the fewest in the entire country. Well, if their number was 12, uh, played, we would have beat the under last week. So they've played, piss off. They've played 12 <laughs> games this year. And they, they allow basically one touchdown a game. Uh, I think that if you like... Uh, yeah, like I said, I mean, McKenzie, McKenzie makes a good point. Usually, if you like the if you like the dog, you probably like the under. I don't think that's the case this time because LSU is not going to. No, because this game could this game could easily be twenty eight nothing. This game could be thirty thirty five to six type of game that Georgia wins. They cover seventeen and a half, and the game goes under just because LSU doesn't score. If you like LSU to keep it close, then you're expecting LSU to at least get in the end zone twice. And if LSU scores 14 points in this game, Georgia's easily scoring 20-something, 30-something. This game's going over. The total 51, uh, my personal leans would be Georgia minus the 18 and under 51. Yes. Let's go to the Mountain West where my guy, Jake Hayner, leading his team into battle against Boise State. Fresno's won seven straight games Their last loss came against this very Boise team on this very Boise field. Uh, That was, of course, without Jake Hayner and without team captain Evan Williams at safety. They're a totally different team with Hayner. This is the best uh, best offense in the conference when he's on the field. The defense has allowed 14 points per game over their last four. I think we're looking at a totally different matchup than the 20-point Boise win we saw the first time. Uh I'm back in the dogs this time around. My big concern is there's potential for cold and wind in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm I like I like the over as well. I like Boise in the or excuse me Fresno in the over. I'm going to wait until the weather makes this thing drop because people are going, oh it's windy it's cold. Both these teams are used to playing in cold windy crap. Like it, this is no big deal to me. Uh, so I'm going to wait till the total drops and probably pounce on it. Uh, I'd like to see 51, 51 and a half would be cool. Uh, but Fresno plus three, I think, is the is the sure thing for me on this side. Can we talk about like what a um, turnaround, if you want to call it, this season was for Boise State? Oh yeah, like they start the season losing to Oregon State where Hank Bachmeyer looks as bad as you could look as a quarterback can play. And then dude transfers away from the school. And so now Taylor Green, who I think he's – is he a true freshman? I think so. Taylor Green has to come in, and he's more known as a running quarterback – and you have to completely change your offense. And credit well, they they changed, they brought in Dirk Cutter. They they brought yeah. in an entirely new offense. So so credit to you know Andy Avalos and this program for completely transforming themselves. And look at what Green has done over Red the past shirt freshman, by the way. Okay, still look at what he's done the past couple of weeks. He he's running the ball. He's scoring. He had five total touchdowns in their last game against Utah State. It, this is a completely different team than what you thought was they were going to be coming into the season. For sure. The one thing you can always rely on is that Boise plays defense. They'll be at home on the uh, – uh, well, where's the game? It's, it's at it's Boise be on, on the blue, blue turf. turf yeah. yeah. I don't know what the weather's going to be like. You say it's going to be cold and windy. No snow? I don't know. It says ch- good chance of pre- precipitation, but I don't know what that means. Well, I mean, Boise, it's probably snow. It's probably snow. Yeah. 
as much as I love Jake Hayner, doesn't that concern you? And no. wouldn't you rather have the running quarterback in Taylor Green than 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 Jake Hayner if it's going to be a weather type game? I, I think Jake Hayner is good enough to play in weather. He's I, so good. I I just think that he the way his his ball moves, I'm not worried about him. All right, let's look for Boise, Idaho, ten day forecast, and we'll look at Saturday. Oh, cloudy. Just says cloudy, thirty eight degrees. That is cold. 17% chance of precipitation, so you're not going to get snow. What's the wind look like? The wind, 10 to 15 miles per hour. Okay, I can manage. At night, wind dips down 5 to 10, but it gets as cold as 28 degrees. Okay, well, it sucks for them. I'm glad I don't have to be there, but... Well, I don't know. You get the kids now from uh, Fresno, California... Going into the cold. Of, Remember, uh, Fresno, Boise, California Idaho. ain't L.A., bro. Yeah, it gets true. pretty freaking cold in Fresno, <laughs> California this time of year. Uh, all right, let's check. Oh, well, you got What's your uh, what's your lean on this one? Side total. What are you What are you looking at? I'd lean over fifty four. Okay. Conference USA. No, that's not, this is AAC. It's the American this Athletic is the American Conference. Conference. Get it right. My bad. It's the American Athletic Conference. I had this one labeled wrong. What a mistake. Central Florida, Tulane, the wave, minus three and a half. The total, 56 and a half. And three weeks ago, these two teams played. Yeah. 38-31, Central Florida win. And that was about the last time I felt like the Knights looked good. <laughs> uh, they lost to Navy in a game where the midshipmen completed zero forward passes. Yep. This game was played in 1906, and the Navy midshipmen won a game without completing a forward pass. And then they had to fight for their lives against the not only the worst team in the conference, but a team that's in discussion for worst team in the country in mm-hmm. South Florida – they won on a touchdown with 20 seconds left. Here's what those two things, those two teams had in common. They just ran all day on this team. I mentioned, I mean, Navy didn't have a forward pass. They ran all day. The Bulls ran for 345 yards in that game. On top of that, Plumley left with a hamstring injury, so who knows what he's going to look like coming into this game. Tajay Spears, that's where he comes into play here. Mm-hmm. And he was on his way to being a star of the first UCF two-lane game. He had eight carries and 130 yards. That's a pretty good average, friends. And then he left the game with an injury, and Tulane's run offense died on the vine. Well, guess what? He's back. I think a full workload for him. I think Tulane's defense, I think that makes a difference. I think Fritz coming out and announcing he's not taking another job is huge from a motivational standpoint. I think UCF looks tired. They're tired of getting run on two straight weeks. They've, they've just had done – it's just been run down their throat. I think Tulane does the same thing. I like Tulane here, uh, and I like over 56-and-a-half. Uh, definitely like the over. Both these teams can score. And for Tulane, they have answered every test that's been thrown at them this year, which has got to impress you. Yeah, the loss to UCF, this is a chance to avenge that. But against Houston, tough test answered that bell, winning 27-24. Tough game against Memphis, win that game. Tough game against, uh, it looked like it was going to be a tough game against SMU. They absolutely smoked them. And then last week against Cincinnati, it doesn't get much better than that. How much of it was Cincinnati players maybe knowing their coach is leaving? I don't know. But I, I think I would bank on Tulane getting revenge here at home. 
So we're on, we're in agreement on that. I think so. Wow, I thought you were going to be. Which is hard because I'm a big. UCF uh, you are guy. a big UCF guy. I figured you'd be against me here. It's it, to me. It's about if John Reese Plumley isn't 100, percent then he doesn't. His the strength of this UCF offense is when John Reese Plumley is running the football. Yeah. And if he's not 100, percent especially with a leg, yep. then I can't trust him to run the football and be as good as, as he can be. I mean, last week, look at before he left the game, eight carries, 133 yards. And two touchdowns. He is, when he is healthy and is running the football, he is dangerous. But that does concern me. I don't trust Mikey Keene if he has to be the guy to play this game at quarterback. All right. Let's move on to the ACC in a game that a couple weeks ago, this was going to be a meaningful matchup here. And now means absolutely nothing. Um Clemson minus seven and a half against North Carolina total 63 and a half. I listen, I've been on North Carolina a lot this year. Uh, I think that Clemson should have plenty of success on the ground against this defense. that's just been bad all season long. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Tigers 19th in rushing success rate, North Carolina's 93rd against it. The secondary is also vulnerable. And while DJU hasn't been as great this year as people were hoping he was going to be, he has hit a ton of explosive plays. The problem is no one's hit more explosive plays than Drake May. And I think he's going to hit some big ones as well in this game. I was planning on betting Clemson here with a motivation edge, but last weekend's results kind of threw that out the window. So now I've got a lean to North Carolina catching over a touchdown. I like over 63 and a half here. Ooh. What happened in North Carolina the past couple of weeks? I, I've got no answer for that. What happened? You, I mean, Drake may against Georgia score, Tech played his scores, worst game. Score 17 points against Georgia yeah. Tech. All right, 27 against NC State is all right, but this is a team that averages close to 40 points per game. And that's what they that's what they need to average to. That's where the defense is bad. That's your only route to success. The only reason why, I, yeah, if the over hits, what's more likely to happen? This is a close game or Clemson wins big? I think if the over hits, then then North Carolina is in decent shape. So they're scoring 30 yeah. points. So, well, yeah, they would have to. Yeah. Yeah, listen, leave it all on the line, right? There's no playoffs for either one of these no. teams. so They I, are playing for a conference championship yeah, and nothing more. I can get on board with the over. I, I can. You, you, it's got to be a better performance. And I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened over the past couple of weeks, but there's no denying. The team that we saw play against Georgia Tech and then NC State in back-to-back weeks is not the same North Carolina team that we saw this entire season. And for for May, who at one point, was creeping up as a Heisman candidate. Yeah. He's got to be better, and he's got to have his best game here against a Clemson defense that is going to be very, very tough to score against. Clemson also, you mentioned it, they're coming off uh, quite the embarrassment. But for me, I, I can only go Clemson as the side, but okay. for the total, I would go with the over. All right, last game on the board, the Big Ten Championship. Michigan. Minus 16 and a half points against Purdue. Total in this one, 51 and a half. I think this all boils down to can Purdue stop the run? Blake Corum had a whopping 
two touches last week <laughs> against Ohio State. And it didn't matter one single bit because Donovan Edwards went off against Ohio State. Purdue ranks 28th against the run, so it's going to be tough. But they've rarely seen high-end rushing attacks this season. Minnesota, when they played Minnesota, Ibrahim didn't play. When they played Wisconsin, Braylon Allen had 16 carries for 113 yards in a 35-24 win that wasn't nearly as close as that final score indicates. And here's, here's what happened. Purdue Purdue doesn't want you to run, and they sell out to stop it, and that leaves their secondary vulnerable. Graham Mertz, who if you've listened to this podcast this year, you know I don't have anything nice to say about Graham Mertz. He stinks. shouldn't say anything at all. He had one of his best games of the season against Purdue. It's inexplicable, but he did. Now, last year I thought maybe after the Ohio State win, there'd be a letdown spot against Iowa. How can you get up for Iowa after you played – Michigan State, or after you played Ohio State and beat them, your big rival. Well, Iowa's still trying to find the end zone uh, from last season. They they could do nothing against Michigan, ran them out of the building. I think it could be a very similar result to last year. I like Michigan to cover this. I like it under 51.5. I think Purdue has a very hard time scoring. Uh, O'Connell's been – he's been okay some weeks and just downright awful others. Uh, Purdue wants to run. Michigan's not going to let them run. And at some point, they're going to have to start throwing the ball to keep up. I don't like that for Purdue. So I like Michigan, and I like the under here. So I talk about Georgia and their defense and how few touchdowns they allowed this season. The 13 touchdowns that they have allowed is the fewest in the country. Next on the list, Michigan. And, yeah, it's funny that the Big Ten teams are the teams that have the best defenses in the country. Maybe it's because the offenses in the Big Ten aren't that great. But to me, this comes down to Michigan's defense against Purdue. And I trust the Michigan defense more so than I trust Purdue to stop Michigan. Is is Purdue going to get into the end zone a couple of times? Probably. Do I think they compete with Michigan on a level that Ohio State attempted to? I, Michigan held Ohio State to 23 points. 23! How much do you think Purdue's going to score on this team? 17? I don't think they're going to score 17. Ex- okay. So then th- there's only one way to look at this. Michigan's going to do what they do. Michigan's putting up at least 30-something points. Maybe even 40. And Purdue's not going to score into the 20s. So I think this could be a, a runaway win for Michigan. Purdue uh, with a chance to win their first Big Ten title since Drew Brees led them to a title. That's going back a ways. The year 2000. Uh, That's a long way to go. Purdue won a Big Ten championship. So Status of Blake Corum? Unknown. Um, the fact that he I, – I didn't expect him to be out there last weekend at all. Yeah, he tried. Him going out there playing a couple plays, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm guessing that at this point – if you're if you're Harbaugh, does it even make sense to put Blake Corum out there? You can win without him, and then you just need him. You can play. win without him, but and then keep in mind you also have if he plays, then he plays a little bit. You got plenty of time before the national semifinal. That, well, what I'm saying, but you had Donovan Edwards going for like 230 yards against uh-huh. Ohio State. Uh-huh. Like, rest up, young man. <laughs> yeah, well, we got you this week. We'll 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 see you when we play uh, TCU or whoever it is. Better running back, Deuce Vaughn or Blake Corum? Blake Corum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn, I think, has been kind of underwhelming this year. Like, he didn't live up to expectations this year. Uh, but 
I think it's the biggest slam dunk home run, best running back in the country is B. John Robinson. Agreed. I mean, that guy is a freak show. It's it's unbelievable. And it, it, one of the rare running backs coming out of college that I'm like, oh, can't wait to see where he plays yeah. in the NFL. Because yeah. normally I don't I, – okay, good luck. Because running backs is a crapshoot. But B. John Robinson is a guy I'm excited to see at the next level. I would agree. All right. So here we go, Scott. We promised the people – a best bet in on a side and a best bet on a total. First, though, we're going to tell them how to save some money at pregame.com. And because you're a loyal, loyal listener of our podcast, we got something special for you. That, yeah, we do. Yeah, we, we, uh, we like to treat you right. If you go to pregame.com, you get any best bet package, you get any uh, any long-term subscription, you can buy rest of college football season uh, from myself or from Scott, get all of our bowl plays as well as our premium plays for this week's games. You can get it for 15% off using the promo code CHAMP15. 15% off anything at pregame.com. You can go for a weekender package, get McKenzie's best bets in, in the NBA. UFC's coming up this weekend. All kind, Scott's still killing hockey. All kinds of stuff you can get down on, and you can get down for 15% less than you would using that promo code CHAMP15 at checkout. All right, now for the best bet, Scott, where are we going to go with our side? I think it's Michigan, and I think it's got to be Michigan. What I'm starting to think about is what happened last year when Michigan finally got the win over Ohio State, the first time that Harbaugh ever beat Ohio State, and then goes into the Big Ten championship game with just a win and you're in to the college football playoff. There was no letdown. They absolutely blew out Iowa 42-3. to in a game that they were 12 to 13 point favorites. You want my favorite part about this game, that game from last year, the Iowa game, mm-hmm. that makes me want makes me okay betting Michigan as a big favorite here. They were up 28 to 3 in the fourth quarter. They scored with 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter to go up 28 to 3. They are coasting. Then they scored two more touchdowns with under 6 minutes to play, including one with less than a minute and a half to go in the game. They're still punching it in a minute and a half to go in the game, they were looking to blow out this Iowa team. I I think they are trying to make statements. I love it. I I think Michigan's the the, the cleanest side here. I'm with it. Let's let's go because, again, I trust their defense, and I don't think Purdue gets over 20 points in this game. All right, what is your favorite total or what is our best bet for the totals? I think we agree on this one pretty strongly as well. Yeah, let's go to the fun belt where we're rooting for no fun. On Saturday, Coastal Carolina and Troy under 48 and a half with. I'm sorry. There's no, you know, American overs for you to bet. I know. I know. Although I will say this. If John Reese Pumley plays, I'm betting the over 56 and a half in UCF. Okay. Uh, And if, well, he is going to play, but if we have to see what the reports are coming in later this week and if he's practicing anyway, um, I'll go back to what I said about Coastal and Troy, two of the worst red zone offenses in the country, which means. Even if they do move the ball downfield, they're going to settle for field goals or there's not going to be points. They're going to get pushed out, whatever it is. You have two bad red zone offenses. You have a coastal team without Grayson McCall that just looks like a shell of themselves offensively. Troy, their defense is absolutely elite, and they're playing at home. Uh, I think this game is going to be a low-scoring affair between these teams. Yeah, both teams outside the top 100 in pace. So there's just no way Troy can do 
to Coastal's defense what James Madison did last week. Their offense just it can't do that. So uh, there you go. The, our two best bets, Michigan minus 16.5 in the Big Ten Championship and the under 48.5 in the Sun Belt Championship between Coastal Carolina and Troy. We will – you know what? We're not going to see you for a while. We're not going to talk to you people for a while. Why? Here's the deal. If you want to know our take on Army-Navy next week – you're going to have to listen to Straight Out of Vegas AM. So if you're not listening to SOVAM, you're an idiot, first of all. <laughs> and you should start. And we'll tell it, we'll break down Army or uh, the Army Navy game for you there. That said, well, 16 straight unders. We'll see. We know that. Unders yeah. and service academy games, we know. Yes. That said, we will be back for bowl season. We will do a weekly show maybe even bi-weekly some weeks during bowl season, depending on how many games there are. We will have breakdowns on every single bowl game. Every one. So there you go. Don't worry not, friends. You'll, you'll, get, you, you'll get that uh, that good, fun information, and you'll get yourself – we'll probably throw out some coupon codes as well so you can get some packages during the, uh, the bowl season as well. Plus, AJ, at pregame.com, the Bowl Bash Contest is coming up. What is that? Well, it's a chance to win money. For the first time ever for a pregame.com contest, the top 10 places will win. First place, $500 cash and $500 in bulk dollars. Second place, $250 cash and $250 in bulk dollars. Third place, $250 bulk dollars. Fourth place, $200 bulk dollars. And then fifth through 10th, will win 100 bulk dollars. So go to pregame.com and enter the Bowl Bash Contest. It's going to be a great time. You can find it in the forums. Lots of fun during bowl season at pregame.com. The cutoff is December 27th, but you might want to get in earlier than that. Give yourself the best chance because it's going to be based on who has the most units won over that that time period. So you can pick sides and totals uh, all the way up through the title game. 20-pick minimum, 50-pick maximum. And how much did you say it cost to enter? Oh, it's free. Oh. Free 99. It's the things we do here, giving away free money, it's, it's just unbelievable. So for Scott Seidenberg, Mackenzie Rivers, I am A.J. Hoffman. Good luck with championship weekend. Go Blue. And go no points in the fun belt. We'll talk to you a couple weeks from now. Defense, swarm, swarm and tackle, attack. We got out block them, we got out tackle them, we got out hit them and hustle. It's real simple. You out block them, you out tackle them, you out hit them, and you out hustle. Let them know. Leave no doubt tonight. Leave no doubt tonight. No doubt.